Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. What's cracking? Welcome to the jungle. My name is Jim Rome. A very good Tuesday to you. What's going on? Hope you had a good day. Well, hope you're having a good day because I know last night was not great. I think you know where I'm going with that. All right, so we have a lot to get done. Let me tell you about the program. Let me start you off with a telephone number. I do this every single day with the hopes that today is the day. Today is the day you get right. Or at least today is the day where we can move a golden ticket. That would be nice. Smack off season. That's right. All year long. That's right. Right, Stuart? That's right. There is no off season for the smack off. Telephone number is 1-800-636-8686. Good news for you. Open phones in hour number one. Once again, 1-800-636-8686. I've got two interviews, but they do not begin until the second hour at 1020. These are Pacific Times. I've got Rhett Lashley, head coach at SMU. He's done a great job. They're having a great year. Great name, Rhett Lashley. I love that. So we're going to talk to him at 1020. 1120, George Kittle, tied in for the 49ers. Incredible player, incredible personality. Looking forward to that. That's coming up in hour number three. Phone lines are wide open. Hit me up on the X at Jim Rome. Email me at Rome, R-O-M-E, at habitate.com. You know, I'm kind of meandering a little bit, trying not to get to what I have to get to, but it is part of the job, right? So let's get there. Listen, I don't come in here every single day looking to bag on and hate on NFL primetime games. And yes, I'm the one who said it. Hate is the new dopamine. But that's not how I get down. That's not my deal. That is not how I get down. And you all know, of course, that saying something sucks is not a take. Unless we're talking about that game last night, or maybe even 95% of these primetime NFL games, then not only is it a take, it's the only take. How are these games actually managing in prime time to get worse and worse? And how is anything going to top the atrocity that we sat through last night? Now, you know what? You know what? I take it back. I take it back. Saying that that game sucked last night is actually offensive. Offensive to things that do suck. Calling that game a rock fight would be unfair. To rock fights... Describing that game as a sloppy, unwatchable bleep show is being way too generous. That was straight garbage. Garbage. And even that isn't nearly harsh enough. Technically, the Bears did win that game. But technically, really, we all lost. Unless you listened to me and did what I told you to do and faded me. Then at least you got paid for that torture session. Unlike those of us who trusted the Vikings and ended up losing money while being tortured. You know, the double package blast. You see, I thought the Vikings were better than that. At least good enough to beat Chicago. And I figured that Joshua Dobbs would at least be serviceable. I mean, he has been playing pretty well, right? Pretty well until last night. I'm not saying set the world on fire, but pretty well acceptably well, serviceably well until last night. You know, but then I thought it would get better for him because he would have time to get acclimated. He would know the system. He would know his teammates. He would actually know their names. I mean, I said it during Big Head Bets. It's going to get better because he's going to get better and he's going to get better because he's going to be better acclimated. (laughs) Apparently, that's the problem. Apparently, Josh Dobbs is way better when he doesn't know the plays. He's way better when he doesn't know who he's in the huddle with. They need to come back from that bye week with a new playbook and then not show it to him. Or better yet, come back with a brand new team and not let him meet anybody until kickoff. What I'm saying is that feel-good pastronaut story really came crashing back to earth like a failed NASA launch. In fact, Dobbs might want to check in with NASA and see if going down the aerospace engineering path is still an option for him because I think that he may have hit the peak of his NFL arc. Now, Pastronaut has gone straight astronaut. 
as an astronaut. That was for you, big head. I thought that you might need a little pick-me-up after losing your Jordan Addison TD prop because the astronaut couldn't hit a wide-ass open receiver for a touchdown and keep that ball in bounce. I mean, that was an enormous kick in the stick. Kick in the stick. You should have seen how pissed James Kelly was. And I had to bear the brunt of it. I blocked him. I hit delete and junk and got him off my phone. But then again, the entire experience of watching that game was that, right? Like, I don't want to pile too hard on Josh. I mean, why come for Josh Dobbs? Why come for him and pile on too hard? Because, after all, he is Josh Dobbs. It's not really Josh Dobbs' fault for remembering that he was Josh Dobbs. I wish he would have waited one more game, but it's not his fault. He didn't turn back into a pumpkin last night. He just turned back into Josh Dobbs. So hard for me to get too upset about Josh Dobbs for being Josh Dobbs, considering he's Josh Dobbs, right? That said, I'm not sure that he's going to be the quarterback of this team. Great story, great guy, but not a great quarterback. I'm not sure that he comes back from that buy, that buy and still has that gig. And that's not just me. I mean, I've got no say in this, but the head coach does. And Kevin O'Connell clearly was not committing to Dobbs after that game was over. We'll take a look at everything. we got a lot of work to do during the bye. I do want these guys uh, to get some time. It's been a grind. It's been a stretch for them. They've put it, they've continued to show up and play very, very hard. They prepare the right way. Uh, when they come back off this bye, we'll make sure we got a great plan for, uh, for going to Vegas. And, and whatever that looks like, we'll be ready to go. I like how he said, you know what? I want to get these guys some time. I mean, they've really put in the time. They've earned it. How about me? I think I need a buy. I think I need time. Not from the job, but from that game. I think I need a buy after watching that game. As far as Dobbs goes, not exactly the biggest endorsement ever, right? But frankly amazing that Dobbs even got them this far. Turns out that missing Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson really does hurt a football team, right? Right? And as far as Jefferson coming back to save their season, not if they keep turning it over. Not if they can't take care of the ball. I mean, that's the other crazy thing, right? Even after four horrendous picks, incredibly, Dobbs still managed to put Minnesota in a position to win in the fourth quarter, which doesn't say a hell of a lot about the Bears, right? Which is why I haven't said a hell of a lot about the Bears until this point. I mean, I guess... Props to Chicago for finding a way to a dub, even though Justin Fields did everything in his power to fumble away that dub. Literally. I'll throw Fields a little bit of credit for leading the go-ahead drive, but just not that much credit. In fact, that 36-yard hookup with D.J. Moore that set up the game-winning field goal felt like the longest pass play of the game. You know why? Because it was. In fact, up until that point, It wasn't even clear that the Bears knew that throwing it vertically was actually allowed in the rules. Did they even throw the ball once downfield prior to that? Does Luke Getze know that he doesn't have to call screens on every single pass play? Fields ended up with 37 pass attempts last night, and it felt like only one went forward, and that was the last one he threw. I mean, I guess Chicago thought that That was the big ace up their sleeve, right? That's what they set up the entire game for, right? That one forward pass. Everything else laterally, everything else behind the line of scrimmage. Getsy's like, just wait, man. Just wait. Just wait. They won't be expecting a forward pass. They won't be expecting, hey, 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 just keep doing it. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. I'm playing chess. I'm playing chess. We got him right where we want him. I'm setting it up. And then finally, finally, throw a pass downfield. Man, it will blow them up. They'll have no idea what to do. They'll have no idea what hit them. If that was the plan, it worked perfectly. Because I've got no idea what Brian Flores' defense was doing on that play. I don't think Brian Flores' defense has any idea what it was doing on that play. I mean, they didn't blitz which would have been smart. But the real problem is they didn't cover anybody either. 
The real problem is they let DJ Moore run free in miles of open space right across the middle of the field on the most important play of the game. How the hell did that happen? How the hell do you lose track of that guy? How the hell do you lose track of DJ Moore? And that's how the Bears got it done. Even though they did not score a touchdown, further evidence that that was one of the worst games ever. Are you craving some protein after a good workout? Probably so. Listen, this time, don't make a shake. Do not eat a bar. Grab instead a bag of beef jerky from Old Trapper. That's my go-to. Why Old Trapper? Because Old Trapper beef jerky is tasty and it's tender and it's made from real strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. Plus, Old Trapper is a family-owned business. I know this family, and I know they take smoked beef extremely seriously so you can taste it in every single bite. I mean, who wants dried, rough beef in a bag? Nobody. It's like eating an old shoe. Old Trapper, though, is the real deal, and it comes in four amazing flavors, old-fashioned, teriyaki, peppered, and hot and spicy. So the next time you want a great protein and energy snack that you can have anytime, anywhere, grab some Old Trapper beef jerky. Look for it in the Clearview bag. Look for it in major retail stores near you. If you don't see it, just ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? How do you win a game without scoring a TD? They hadn't won a game without scoring a touchdown in 30 years, but they managed to pull it off in Minnesota's house last night. He, do you believe me now when I tell you, listen to what I have to say about the Vikings and do the opposite? It's uncanny. I, I don't even get it. Also, I guess I got to give Matt Eberflus a little bit of cred. He did finally win an NFC North game. Way to go, dude. You did it. You did it. You did it. It only took 29 games. You did it. It only took 29 games as Bears head coach to finally win one game in the division. I don't know if that says more about him or the Vikes. Tie for last. At least he got around to getting it done before he inevitably gets the axe. Which could still happen any second now. And I don't think that we have determined that Justin Fields is the quarterback of the future either, right? I don't think he did anything last night to dissuade anybody in that organization from selecting another quarterback. My man, I may look like I don't work out. I may look like a cardio guy. But, dude, you better get it going for the rest of the year if you want to stay there and be that guy. But, 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 it's all about the win, right? Credit for a primetime dub. I guess, if I have to give credit to somebody. Yes, technically, the Bears won that game. But again, I think we all know that nobody deserved to actually win that game. I'm not even sure the Bears fans wanted to win that game. They're focused on the draft because of what I just said. For incredibly obvious reasons, they're focused on the draft. So I guess when you get right down to it, nobody won. Every single human being lost last night. That was the epitome of everybody loses. Even Joe Buck and Troy Aikman were clowning the hell out of that game last night and were basically ready to pop champagne and celebrate when that game finally ended. Joe Buck even hit the final lateral chaos play with a Benny Hill blast. And underneath, here we go. Osborne makes the initial catch. And that ball's out. Madison laterals. Osborne back in control. Dobbs has got it. This looks like a forward pass and an illegal forward pass at that, but we're going to keep playing. Yeah, this is entertaining. It's not going to count, but hey, keep it rolling. And with the Benny Hill music playing in the background, <laughs> this game is over, thankfully. Yeah, believe me, that was the most entertaining part of that game. Perfect. MNF, you missed an opportunity. It really would have been an even better game if you got Benny Hill in there. In fact, the entire game last night should have had the Benny Hill theme running on a loop underneath it. And underneath, here we go. Osborne makes the initial catch. And that falls out. Madison laterals. Osborne back in control. Dobbs has got it. This looks like a forward pass, 
How much better would that have made it? Not watchable, but better. You can see how bad that was. Mac Jones. Mac Jones thought both those guys should have been benched. There's no way Dobbs and Fields meant to give the ball back and forth that many times. I mean, the two of these dudes must have got together before the game, right? Must have gotten together before the game and planned that. Dobbs had to be like, hey, yo, I'm going to have four picks. I'm going to have four picks. Yo, bro, maybe five. Fields probably said, oh, come on, man. Greedy much? Four? Come on. Four? You can't have all the picks. I want some INTs, too. Dobbs just there crossing his arms. Nope, 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 nope. Not going to happen. They're all, they're all my picks. I'm telling you, I want all the picks. I want the picks. Four, maybe five. And then like a master negotiator, Field said, fine, fine. Then I'm going to fumble the ball twice. Dobbs opens up his mouth, tries to counter, tries to argue, but calms himself and nods his head. They shake on it. They go away, and then they execute their plan. It's the only explanation. How could two guys play that badly in the same game? They, they must have had some agreement, right? 1-800-636-8686. Nobody wins. All right, some other topics. It's one of those things, like, I'd rather not lead with that, but that's just what we do on Tuesdays. We recap the Monday night game. Something we have not talked about of late, L.A. hoops. Lakers had a night, a bad one. What a butt-kicking that was. Good news, bad news. Good news for LaCap. He set the all-time NBA record for most minutes played. And he did so by playing 30 more last night. I mean, incredible, right? Too bad they lost by 40-plus. Too bad in those 30 minutes that set the record, he was like a minus 900 or something for the game. But he's got the record. I'll recap that for you. And the Clippers also had a bad night. In fact, not only did they have a bad night, they're actually kind of a bad team. So we'll cover that. I saw a story that really terrified me. It terrified me because we made the decision that this Christmas, we are not going to Mexico. That's normally how the Rome family gets down. We look for sun. We're California natives. Ever since we sold the house in Montana years ago, we no longer hunt snow. But we have another house, and that other house is in Wisconsin. And everybody there has been in my head like, yo, 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 how come you don't come here at Christmas? Why are you not here at Christmas? Um... It's cold. It's really cold. There's nothing to do. What do you mean there's nothing to do? You can snowmobile. You can ice fish. You can strap tennis rackets to your feet and walk around in the snow. Ice. Sounds incredible. (laughs) Why haven't I gone there? But then I started thinking, like, I can't keep saying no, right? I have to try it once. I have to try it once. And so I finally committed to it. In fact, not only committed to it, we have airline tickets. We have airline tickets. The family's ready to go. And then I saw a story, a sports story, about a dude that nearly lost his junk. What's that got to do with me in Wisconsin? His junk froze and nearly shattered into a million pieces. Oh, hell no. If you touch my junk, I'm going to have you arrested. I went immediately to DJ, 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 DJ. You gotta get us one of those places in Punta Mita. She's like, Are you kidding? One, no. And two, even if I wanted to, it's way too late. I'm like, Really? Let me tell you a little story here, DJ, about what's gonna happen if we go to Wisconsin. I may or may not get into that. Hey, did you see David Tepper this morning? You see what he had to say about his team? You see what he had to say about his quarterback situation? You see what he had to say about his next head coach, whoever it is? This dude's rich. I mean, he's wealthy. More importantly, he's rich. So we will talk about that too. 1-800-636-8686. That's your telephone number. You don't have to pay for it. If you're good, you don't have to wait. If you're really good, you'll get a golden ticket. The golden ticket will put you in the smack off. The most important smack off ever. Smack off number 30. But you can't do it unless you call. Man, stop being afraid. Get on the phone. Hit me up. 
What is the worst that could happen? You get mocked by the whole country. So, I've been there. You get over it. Hit me up. Gas, groceries, utilities, you name it. The price of everything is going up. And if you are stuck in a bad timeshare with rising maintenance fees, the financial burden can be crushing. It is time to get your finances in order and get the real facts about that timeshare you're stuck in and your options to get rid of it. Chuck McDowell, founder of Wesley Financial Group, has been helping families out of a horrible timeshares for over 10 years now and has put together a complete timeshare exit information kit that he will send you absolutely free. To date, over 30,000 families have trusted Wesley Financial Group to help them out of financial hardship by getting them out of bad timeshares. And they may be able to help you too. To get the facts about how the timeshare industry works and your options for cancellation, simply call Wesley right now for your free timeshare exit kit and see how you can become timeshare free. The number is 800-462-3333, You know, in today's world, it seems the best treatment is reserved for only a few. Well, Discover wants to change that by making everybody feel special. That's why with your Discover card, you have access to 24-7 live customer service, as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Finally, no matter who you are or where you are in life, you'll feel special with Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. I'm talking about George Kittle. George, what's going on? Good to have you back. How are you? Jim, thanks for the intro, man. You're just you're just so good at those. I appreciate you. <laughs> Dude, and you're really good at football, bro. I appreciate you. Hey, let me ask you. Go back to Thanksgiving <laughs> Day for a minute. You, you had to work on Thanksgiving Day. Not ideal, but did that beating you put on Seattle in their house make it any better? And how good do you feel about the team overall as you head into December? You know, I will say, I feel like my whole football career, I'm always working on the holidays, you know, high especially since college, you know, you're always just kind of grinding through that. And I will say watching Thanksgiving games my entire life growing up and watching John Madden cut the turkey, um, it was an honor to play on Thanksgiving, especially with that John Madden patch on there. So we were really happy about that. And also beating Seattle in Seattle is always a great thing. That should always be celebrated. But the fact that it was on Thanksgiving, we got to eat some turkey legs, made it uh, 10 times better. George Kittle joining us. You knew I was going there next. I mean, even though you worked on Thanksgiving, you were not. You were not going to be denied some turkey. So you're doing a post-game interview. You've got teammates Christian McCaffrey and Jake Moody there. Next thing you know, you're running for daylight with a platter. Dude, how did you end up with the entire bird? Well, all the legs were gone. Actually, the sides were actually really tasty, too. Everything was still warm, which I was very impressed with. I had to say that. Shout out to them. But um, I was about to step away. I was the last guy at the table because I was actually hungry and eating. They're like, hey, do you want the turkey? And I said... You don't have to ask me twice. And so I decided to snag it, and I took off for it. You know, threw a couple legs up to the to the fans out there. Actually, the first leg I threw out, uh, the fan dropped it. So we'll have to get him back in the get – the, get him in the lab, and I'm on the jugs machine. But he'll be better next week. <laughs> Dude, hit him in a bad spot. Hit him in his hands. Like I was going to say, I bet you saw that bird all the way in, and then it was all about YAC. And, of course, it's about the guy getting you the bird, except not really because you just snatched it. Which brings me to a long way of saying your quarterback, Brock Purdy. How would you describe the chemistry and the rapport you've developed with him since he took over as a starter last season? You know, I think I can speak for everybody on my, like, on our offense, and we're just, we're continually, like, impressed with the things that Brock does all the time just because of, I mean, his consistency every single day, um, his, the, the relationship that he's built with all of our skill players, all the guys that he gets the ball to, it's pretty amazing. And, like, we all feel that comfortability comfortability with him sorry and uh he just he's just got such a knack with the ball and also like when you have a when you have a quarterback that when he steps into the huddle and 10 eyes 10 sets eyes just snap to him and listen to every single word that he says whether um you know whether it's the play call whether it's hey like you know we got to get this one or whatever it is he just lifts players up our entire offense he lifts us all up to be playing at a higher level and when you're lifting up a guy like trent williams debo samuel brandon iu kyle ustrick christian mccaffrey and our whole line, it's just taking us to a whole nother step there. So 
Brock is, you know, he is the he's the engine, and it's it's pretty fun to play with him right now. Dude, that is incredible praise. I can appreciate that. George Kittle joining us. And George, I mentioned your overall numbers. Even more impressive when you consider the majority have come in recent weeks. Like you had 18 receptions in the first six games, and then have really taken over in recent weeks. What has changed for you as the season has gone on and enabled you to once again impose your will on defenses? Well, Jim, you know, I always feel like I can. You know, you just got to get the opportunity with the football, and, you know, that just kind of comes and goes with our offense. We, Like I said, we have so many guys that can do so much with the football and so many guys that get great one-on-one matchups, guys that, you know, can die, slice and dice zones. And, um, you know, I'm not really going to complain about it. You know, Coach Shanahan, he, he does his best to scheme us all up and give us our all fair, our, all of us our own fair share. And, um no, it is what it is. If there's a game where I have one target, is that my favorite? No, but we, we're getting a dub, and I'm excited about that. And all I really want to do is win a football game, and you know I want to win a lot of football games and ultimately win a Super Bowl. So as long as we're winning, and you know I can control the game and the run game, and you know if I can help guys get open the pass game, I know the ball is going to come to me at some point. You know that, I feel like that's just football karma. You know you just you do everything the right way, and eventually the ball will find you. And then I had like a three week three week stretch with like 350 yards and uh, th- like three or four touchdowns. So whatever it is, you know, I'm, I'm just going to continue to play football at a high level, folks, on what I can control. And when the ball finds me, I just got to make sure I do a lot of really good things with it so they keep feeding me the rock. Sort of thought you'd go there. I th- sort of thought you'd go there, George. The thing is, there's only one rock. There's only one football. And there's a lot of guys on that offense that can make a lot of plays. So I think that's the perfect mindset. So you're getting ready to take on Philadelphia in a rematch of last year's MC Championship game. Are you going to tell me that it's just the next game on the schedule, therefore it's the most important game, or is this one different? Is it personal, given that they ended your season last January and they currently have the best record in the league? You know, um, for me personally, it's um, it's week 12, week 13, and it's one of the – I mean, it's the biggest game on the schedule. It's the next one. It's a fantastic football team, a team who doesn't lose – they find every single way to win, whether it's overtime, whether it's grimy weather. You know, their players are making plays, and this is going to be our toughest challenge, in my opinion, you know, so far this season. And um, also probably one of the most hostile environments besides Seattle last week. And it's going to be a fantastic game, and I'm just really looking forward to it. Um, I don't really hold on to grudges or anything like that. There's not really that many people I don't like. Uh, I kind of love everybody. But that doesn't mean that they're not going to get my best shot and, you know, a very physical 49ers team. Hey, George, is there anybody you don't like? Not really, man. I'm kind of a huge fan of everybody. I just, I don't know why. I don't really hold grudges. Um, you know, there might be a player or two that, you know, maybe cross the line talking crap to me on a football field that I might remember once in a while. But besides that, I, I'm pretty I pretty let loose and, you know, bygones are bygones. And I'm just going to have a great time with anybody that wants to have a conversation with me. Dude, I, I think that's an amazing attitude. What a great way to go through life. Like, you're not running on hate. You're not running on that fuel. So what kind of fuel are you running on? Oh, man, are you kidding me? I play I play in the NFL, Jim. I, in my opinion, I have, like, the best job ever besides probably being a dad. I'll get there at some point. But, I mean, I kind of run on uh, love, happiness, and joy, baby the best like I said the best attitude so you've teamed up with the Alka-Seltzer as I mentioned at the very top what are the deets what are you doing with those folks well you know that's a great segue actually you know, I told you I run off of uh you know love joy happiness hitting people once in a while and I like to you know I like to have fun on and off the field and some would say I like to go big and so Alka-Seltzer just wants all of its fans to go big of you know watching football games and not have to miss anything for going too big on their, you know, off days. So they miss things on Sundays and Saturdays. So all they want to do is me and Alka-Seltzer are teaming up, too. And one of the coolest parts about it is, is I've been using Alka-Seltzer since pretty sure high school, maybe college. And it's a product that I've used. And so the fact I get to partner with them is really fun. Um, and all they want, they just want fans to be feeling good and feeling like themselves so they can go out there and watch all these awesome football games that are being played at the end of the season. I like it. Great. Hey, listen, one last thought on the way out. Your alma mater, Iowa, has got a big one against Michigan in the conference championship game. They've been able to grind out a really nice season given what is, well, my dude, a pretty anemic offense. In fact, as somebody who knows a little bit about scoring the ball and having played offense and played there, what kind of thoughts do you have watching them play offense this year? Watching them play offense? Yes. You know what? I think they're what last in the last in the NCAA in yards per game with under 250 yards. But I will say this: what their offense is doing really well is they're holding on to the rock and they're not having a lot of turnovers. 
I think that's one of the best things that you can do as an offense. If you're not scoring a lot of points, it means your, your defense and your special teams have to be, you know, doing a lot for you. And I think that they are. And they, our defense is, you know, top tier in almost every statistical category, doing a great job. And um, our special teams unit is doing a great job, too, kicking game-winning field goals. They have the best punter in the nation, which helps out a lot, too. And as long as your offense doesn't turn the ball over and you're, you know, holding on to that ball so the other team can't score, you have a chance to win every single game. And, you know, I think that's just a kudos to uh, – you know, Coach Ferentz, Phil Parker, LeVar Woods, you know, they're ahead of coaching staff and uh, just pulling this team together through this. They've had an onslaught of injuries, too, man. It's been crazy. They're on their third-string tight end, second-string quarterback. They're, you know, third, fourth-string wide receivers, and they're just out there every single game day somehow finding a way to win a game and talk about a greedy team and never know what's going to happen, you know, in a championship game. So good luck to Iowa and not good luck to Michigan. <laughs> so we'll see what happens on Saturday. You yourself got a big, big weekend. George Kittle joining us today, courtesy of Alka-Seltzer. Big dude, so good to have you back, man. Appreciate the love and the joy and the positive energy and the great vibes, George. Great talking to you. Jim, always a pleasure, man. Until next time. U.S. Cellular wants to help everybody get the gift of connection this holiday season. Already a customer? This applies to you, too, because right now, new and current customers can get any phone, and I mean any phone, for free. Yes, really free. Sounds like it's time to make the switch. Spread holiday cheer far and wide this season with a new phone. Everybody can get the gift of connection at U.S. Cellular. Get any phone free today. U.S. Cellular, built for us. Terms apply. Visit uscellular.com for details. Credit to David Tepper. My man has come flying out of nowhere to climb the ranks of the worst owners in pro sports in almost no time whatsoever. He's only had the Panthers for five years, yet he's already presiding over a total and complete dumpster fire. And now he's looking to hire his fourth head coach. Not only that, he's fired three coaches in midseason now, and he just did it in back-to-back seasons. The only thing that he could do to make any of this look any more unstable and ridiculous would it be to jump up on a podium today and then come down with a case of diarrhea of the mouth. Diarrhea. So, of course, that's exactly what he went and did. My first takeaway from the Tepper presser this morning is that He's firing head coaches so quickly, he doesn't even have time to learn their names. Yesterday, we made some tough decisions. Um, I have great respect for Frank Reich. He's a fine man. Huh? What? You have great, great respect for whom? Yesterday, we made some tough decisions. Um, I have great respect for Frank Reich. He's a fine man. You have great respect for Frank Reich. Frank Reich. He's a fine man. Yeah, he's a fine man. That's, what's his face? He's a fine man. Frank Reich. Whoever he is. I have great respect for that guy whose name I just butchered. And whose head coaching career I probably also just murdered for good. He's a fine man, though. Frank Reich. He's a fine man. Frank Reich. He's a fine man. Somehow it only gets worse. In fact, a lot worse. Of course, Tepper was peppered with questions about how his patience or lack of patience and the coaching turnover and how it seems nearly impossible to survive a season as the Panthers head coach, let alone establish any continuity whatsoever. So he decided to push back on these totally valid questions by claiming that he'd like to have his next coach in place for 20, 30, or even 40 years. I would like to have somebody here for 20, 30 years. I'd like to have somebody (laughs) that would say eulogy at my funeral in 30 years. Okay, maybe it's 40 years, I hope. But uh, that's what I'd like to have. Yeah, try telling that to Reich. Dude, 20, 30, 40 years? I don't know, dude. Maybe try 20 or 30 minutes before we get to 20 or 30 years. Let's work up to letting a coach finish a season before we start talking about hiring a dude who's going to be around to deliver your eulogy 40 years from now. Okay, maybe it's 40 years, I hope. Dude's got to be trolling us, right? I mean, he's even cracking himself up. What a weird answer. 
which of course was the media's reaction too. So they just kept hammering away, hammering away about his lack of patience, which led Tepper to brag about how patient he is with all of his business ventures, not named the Carolina Panthers. Just generally speaking and not here, but and not that this matters because this is here. But, you know, in other aspects of my life, we have people for 20, 30 years that work for me. Nobody ever leaves me. I do have patience. I'm just not. <laughs> my reputation away from this game is one for extreme patience. You know, there's no reason why that doesn't, you know, come here, too. It does. Actually, dude, there is a reason, a very good reason. And the reason is you keep running head coaches right into the wood chipper at the first sign of trouble. Your reputation might be patience in your other businesses, but your reputation in the NFL is somebody whose favorite activity is to push coaches in front of oncoming, oncoming trains. And there's a damn good reason you have that reputation. I mean, who would want to work for this guy? Worst case, you get even fewer games than Pervin Liar. Ask Frank Reich. Get out of Dodge. Best case... You have to deliver this dude's eulogy. Frank Reich. Actually, I guess really the best case is you sign a fat contract with a fat buyout. Then you get run into the guillotine like everybody else. Because then you get to keep the buyout and you don't have to coach that terrible team anymore or work for that incredibly meddlesome, impatient owner who doesn't even know your name. Frank Reich. You know what you get, right? What you get is a, what time do you want me to leave and what door do you want me out of, brother, kind of situation. I say, what time do you want me to leave and what door do you want me out of, brother? <laughs> brother. <laughs> like, I can appreciate this guy's ambition. I'll give him that much. He is making a name for himself in the NFL. That's for sure. Just not a good name. But at least we're all talking about him right now. At least we all know his name. I mean, Jera would say that he's doing a great job. Jarrell would be the first one to tell you there's nothing more important than getting people to look at you and talk about you when you're an NFL owner. Well, Tepper's doing that. Jim Ursay is going to have something to say about this. Ursay thought he was the new king. Frank Reich. Frank Reich is a fine man. He's a fine man. Dude, you couldn't even pronounce his name correctly. This guy's on it. John Teague, quote, Frank Reich is a fine man. I like him a lot. Signed Jason Avon. Jason Avon, he is the man. Jason Avon has got great hands. Jason Avon says, I want to catch a lot of balls. I like him a lot. He's a fine man. I mean, didn't you old schoolers all think that when you heard that? Frank Reich, he's a fine man. Oh, oh, Frank Reich. He's a fine man. I like him a lot. He's a fine man. He's a tremendous athlete. You throw him the ball, he catches it. He's a fine man. He's good at coaching games. Frank Reich. I like him a lot. Frank Reich. You butchered his name and what's left of his head coaching career, dude. Come on. He's an eagle. He flies up in the air and he catches the ball. Okay, maybe it's 40 years, I hope. He's a coach. Well, he used to be a coach. He got fired. I butchered his name and murdered what was left of his career. He's a fine man. I like him a lot. My man, you might have been better off not explaining why you did what you did. We are joined by Rhett Lashley. Rhett, great to have you on the show. How are you? Hey, Jim. Doing great. Glad to be be playing football the week after Thanksgiving. Well, that's the truth, right? And you got a big game coming up. Listen, I get that it's all about team, but I want to start with the news regarding your contract extension because that was announced yesterday. What is it about this school, Rhett, and the community that made you want to commit long-term after your name had actually been linked to a number of pretty high-profile coaching openings? Yeah, I think it's it's several things. You know, one, it's just it's a it's a really exciting time here at SMU. Probably as exciting as it's been in 40 years when you know Eric Dickerson and people like that were playing here. And um, you know, we we feel like we've been winning now five straight years, going to a bowl game. The team we have this year has been a lot of fun. But you know, we're going into the ACC next year, and we're building a brand new 
over $100 million football facility in our end zone that we'll be moving into this summer. And, you know, there's a, a major commitment from our president, our board, and everyone to just, you know, SMU, we feel like with our past, belongs on the national stage playing at the highest level, and there's a massive commitment to do that. And then you're here in Dallas, Texas, and, you know, we're the only Division One school within 30 miles of Dallas. And um, we just feel like from a recruiting standpoint, it's a great deal. My family loves it here. And so when you do this coaching deal long enough, you know, my boys, I got twin boys that are 13 years old, and they've, they've moved eight times. And so, you know, if you can find stability at a place you want to be that you feel like you can win and it's going to support you and your staff and you got good kids, and then why wouldn't you stay? SMU head football coach, Rhett Lashley, joining us. You know, Rhett, what you say is not hyperbole because the fact is you are doing things that have not been done in 40 years. As an example, you're preparing to play in SMU's first AAC championship game and could reach 11 wins for the first time since 1983 when Eric Dickerson and Craig James made up the iconic Pony Express backfield. Look, I understand that you have serious work and opportunity still in front of you, but what are you most proud of as it relates to this team thus far? You know, what I'm really proud of is, is you know, we went out in the offseason and we felt like we had to fix our defense. You know, that's what you just said. We haven't had a top 40 defense in 40 years. So there's a lot of reasons that maybe we've been really good on offense, but we haven't been able to break through on a championship level. And that has a lot to do with it. And now we're sitting here with the defense that finished first in our league in most categories and is top 15 in the country in scoring defense, total defense, and, and many other categories. And I think you know, we went out, we felt like we did that. We felt like we had a good team. There was actually some expectations on our team this year, and they've met it. Just week after week, they were able to stay present, go 8-0 in the league, put themselves in a championship game. And I think that uh, that's probably the most rewarding part is that you, you felt like you had a team that could do it. But so many times in life, right, there's potential that's not met, and our guys lived up to that. And so I think that's what's really cool. Rhett Lashley is joining us. I mean, so many good things, right? All that said, though, your starting quarterback, Preston Stone, was dealt some major adversity, as was the team when he suffered that broken leg, which ends his season. How has he been processing that, and how have his teammates responded and rallied around him? You know, it's disappointing for him. Uh, We hate it for him because he had such a good year. And really, probably the last two halves of football he played were maybe his best of the year. His second half at Memphis was was incredible. And then the first half last week, I mean, we went into halftime with 52 points. and I think we had 42 of it when he got hurt. And so I just think he was really starting to grow. You know, first year as a starter, playing in his 11th and 12th game down the stretch, you could just really see things starting to click. And um, So really disappointed for him. Uh, he's handling it really well. You know, he's bummed. He's disappointed. He's optimistic. He knows he'll be back with us, you know, in four to six months. It's his long-term uh, prognosis. He'll be 100% fine. But, you know, he got us to this point. Uh, I think he's disappointed he can't can't finish it with us. But I think the cool thing about our team is it's been a team all year. You know, like I said, our defense has been really good. We've got over 20 guys on our team with over 20 tackles, but not one of them in the top 25 in our conference in tackles. Like, that's what a team defense has been. And on offense, we're not going to have one guy make all conference of any level in our league. We don't, we've had one guy have a 100-yard game this year in receiving, yet we've got eight guys with over 300 yards receiving. No one else in the country has more than five. So, like, we've just done it by a next-man-up team approach all year. And uh, we believe in Kevin Jennings. We feel like we have a backup that's a starter quality guy. And uh, we have all the confidence in the world. He'll step right in, and the team will just continue to do what they've done all year. SMU head football coach, Rhett Lashley, joining us. You know, I was going to ask you about him next. He is your backup, Kevin Jennings. So you already announced that he'll be the starter on Saturday. What dimension does the redshirt freshman bring to the offense? What distinguishes him? Yeah, I mean, that's from on one hand, you know, we don't really have to change who we are on offense, which is really good when your backup comes in and you feel like your offensive identity doesn't have to change. Kevin's really athletic. Um, He's got a big arm. I mean, he can throw it now. And so, you know, probably for people who aren't familiar with him, stylistically he might remind you of like a Malik Cunningham that played at Louisville a couple years back. I mean, he's just really smooth, really athletic, but he's a quarterback and he can throw it. And he's been in some big moments in his first year and a half. He's a redshirt freshman. Last year he didn't play more than four games, but he had to come in twice last year and finish out a whole half of football for us against Tulsa and then, came in for one drive against Memphis and led us on a 90-yard touchdown drive, you know. And then this year, 
he had to come in the fourth quarter of our game against Rice and lead us on a late scoring drive. So he's been in some pressure moments. Um, we have full confidence in him. You know, he won um, Dallas in, Independent School District's first state championship in over 60 years his senior year in high school hmm. for South Oak Cliff High School. So he knows how to win and he knows how to handle pressure. All right, you mentioned it, but on top of all of this, the program is getting ready to transition to the ACC next season. The university announced it had raised $100 million in a span of seven days to support that move to the ACC. So how much does that reinforce to your players that they're a part of a marquee program that has the resources to compete with pretty much anybody? Yeah, it's huge. I mean, you asked why would I want to stay and, and now why would players want to come here? It's what you just said. I mean, when you feel like there's genuine support and commitment behind your program and behind giving you what you need to compete at the highest level, then you feel like if you believe in yourself, you can go out and achieve those goals and dreams. And so um, I think it speaks volumes for where just we are as a, as a university and as a program that, again, you know, we have a rich history. We've got claimed three national titles, won 11 conference titles back in the day, but haven't done it in 40 years. But at that point, we were in the Southwest Conference. We were in a, quote, power league. We were, on, you know, on the same level as everyone else in the country. Um, we haven't been there. And so now that we're back going to that stage, I just think there's such a commitment to try to give us everything we can to continue to grow and develop our program back to the level that we feel like we um, should have the opportunity to belong at, and that's on the national stage. And so – um, we got a lot of generous people that want us to be successful because they love SMU and they care about the school and they care about our football program and all athletics, which, you know, as you know, are a flagship for any university. And so it's just an exciting time. No doubt. Rep, before you go, what about this weekend? You're getting ready for Tulane, the conference championship game. I spoke with Willie Fritz a couple of weeks back. Obviously, he's done an incredible job with the Green Wave. You didn't play them this season, but – they beat the Mustangs 59-24 two years ago. What are the biggest challenges that defending AAC champs present to you in this matchup? Yeah, I mean, you said it best. What Willie's done the last two years, like 22-3 and three or something, I mean, it's incredible. And, uh, you know, the turnaround he's made there, I think their quarterback, Michael Pratt, and their defense has really been what changed things starting last year. And you're right, we went down there last year. Uh, we weren't the same team we are now, but that was by far our worst game of the year, and they put it on us really good. And so, uh, you know, I think it's our guys are excited to get an opportunity to go play them again. Um, they are the defending champs, and rightfully so. You know, I think uh, we're going to have to play really good. There's, the teams really kind of mirror image each other. We have the top two defenses in the league. Um, we both have good offenses. You know, I think what Willie's done as a coach speaks for itself. Um, so our team's excited to go down there and hopefully give them a better game than we did last year. But I, I think the most important thing is you got two teams with 10-plus wins, undefeated in the league, we played good people. We played at OU and at TCU. They played Ole Miss. And I don't think there's any question that whoever wins that game should be in a New Year's Six Bowl just for the sheer fact that there's no one else in the, quote, group of five that has the resume that these two teams have. So should be a great game, and, and we're excited for the opportunity to go down there and play at their home turf. Should be a great game. Looking forward to it. you got a couple of top 25 teams also playing for the conference championship game. SMU having a big season. Rhett Lashley with a new contract, too, is their head coach. Rhett, really good to visit with you. I know it's an enormous week for you in the program. Great to have you on the show. Thanks so much. Thanks, Jim. Always good to be with you. Quick disclaimer. This next take is graphic in nature. This next take is graphic in nature. If you're the type that gets squeamish, you might want to turn away for a couple of minutes. I never want to turn anybody away, but I want to be real. And I want to be transparent. This next take is graphic in nature. If you think that sometimes I'm over the top, or you're afraid that I might turn the clock back and be that guy, then you might want to sit this one out. So I touched on this, but let me reset this very quickly. And you have your phone number, so you know where to find me. I'm not hard to find. I want to get ahead of this before it gets too far out in front of me. I saw this last night. I know you saw it. Whenever I see something, my immediate thought is, what's my take? Will that work on the show? And then ultimately, I'll get around to what's their take and how hard are they going to push me to talk about it? And then I make my decision. I know you clones. I know what you think before you think it. So when I saw this, I thought it was pretty terrifying. So a couple of weeks ago, yes, I threw out that the fam and I were giving great consideration to hitting up Eagle River, Wisconsin for Christmas. Christmas in Wisco. 
Something we've never done before, ever. Now, you know how I like to get down. It's pretty clear how I get down during the holidays. And that's down south. I go to Mexico. We're Cali natives. Ever since we sold our place in Montana, we have been chasing sun, not snow at the end of the year. That's just how we do it. That's what our family does. It was Cabo back in the day, and more recently it's been Punta Mita. That's how we get down during the holidays. That's how the Rome family does Christmas. We chase sun, not snow, except this year. DJ, Dr. Jano, DJ and I are deciding if we want to mix it up. We figure, you know what? How can we keep saying no without trying it? And she's much more open to these things than I am. In fact, she's been in Wisconsin in the snow. I haven't. So I think to myself, we have a house. I bet it's gorgeous. I mean, cold as hell, but I bet that whole frozen lake thing. I mean, I got to see this myself. We have a house on a chain of lakes, and everybody's telling me, you know, you can drive your car on that lake. I'm like, that's incredible. How could you freeze? How cold would it have to be to freeze a body of water that large? This is not a small lake. It's a chain of lakes, miles and miles of water. So I think to myself, we have the house. Nobody's in the house. Let's experience a true white Christmas. We haven't done that in years. Everybody's always telling us, you got to come, you got to come, you got to come. Come on out. It's beautiful. Snowmobiling, ice fishing, snowboarding, skiing, ice skating. You'll love it. Your boys will love it. Come experience it. So I'm like, you know what? We got to try it. That's what we're going to do. An Eagle River Christmas. We bought the tickets. It's going down. At least I thought so. Until I saw this. I was all on board for a white Christmas until I saw this last night and I ran right to DJ telling her, cancel the flights. Cancel the flights. I don't care if we can't get our money back. Cancel the flights. Get get our asses to Mars. Or Mexico. Check this bleep out. A Swedish cross-country skier, Cal Hafarsen, was, quote, left fearing for his manhood as he sustained a frozen penis in a World Cup event in Finland. End of quote. That's a published account. I didn't just say that. A frozen penis. Cal told the media he had to spend 10 minutes heating his appendage in a tent where the competitors warm up post-race. Quote, I have frozen my penis. For real. Damn. I had to lie in there for 10 minutes to warm it up. It hurts so damn much. It's terrible. It's lucky that I'm going to have my second child because this is going to be difficult in the future if I'm going to continue like this. End of quote. That's coming from the guy. Those are his words. So hearing that, what do I think? (laughs) Hearing that, what do I think? That's like a world-class athlete with a frozen penis. What chance do I stand? What do I think? I'll tell you what I think. I think, oh, hell no. You expect me to spend Christmas in freezing-ass Wisco after hearing something like this. Seems to me. Finland and Wisconsin might as well be the same place in December. But ass cold. So cold that your stick turns into an icicle? This right here. This right here is my biggest fear. My dude Cal said it straight up. Quote, it's lucky that I'm going to have my second child because this is going to be difficult in the future if I'm going to continue like this. End of quote. Hey, listen. I'm not looking to have any more kids. I'm done. I've been done. I'm not looking to have any more kids. No offense, Alvin. I'm not looking to have any more kids, but nor am I looking for it to shatter into a million pieces. And I would imagine neither is Dodger Jano. So I showed the story to her. And, you know, I pleaded my case. This is why we need to spend Christmas in Mexico like we always have, not Wisconsin. 
and I presented the frozen penis argument. DJ whips around and says to me, and I quote, First time she's ever hit me with my own manual buzzer. And then chased it with a too bad, toughen up, you know, toughen up. Pack your long underwear, you'll be fine. I said, sweetheart, you know the frozen popsicle affects me, but it affects you too. Are you sure you want this? She didn't seem to care. Once DJ gets something in her head, forget about it. Forget about it. She's all about the Wisco Christmas. Bottom line, we are going to Wisco for Christmas. And there's nothing I could say or do to talk her off that. So I'm going to have to have a conversation with somebody. Probably my dude, Cal. Have him walk me through all the precautions. I should, I should talk to him about everything that has to be done to avoid the dreaded frozen stick. I'm sure Cal knows. At this point, he knows. He suffered it. He survived it. He could probably give me all the do's and don'ts when it comes to frozen appendages. Hell, you know, I'm going to reach out to my guy, Woody. See if my man Woody has any advice. Knowing Woody, though, dude probably walks around shirtless in the freezing cold. Probably doesn't even pack a jacket when he goes ice fishing. Me, on the other hand, I'm going to do everything in my power. If I can't cancel this trip, if I can't get Dodger Jano off this trip, I'm going to do everything in my power to keep my unit from turning into a damn bomb pop. Never forget, I nearly died on air covering the AFC Championship game in Kansas City a few years back. If I don't make it back from my vacation to start 2024, you will know why. In fact, why do we even need to do it? If this is what's going to happen, and we already know the result, why don't we just cut out the middleman? Why don't we save the travel money? Why don't we save all the effort, cut out the middleman, I will stay home, jump into a freezer, and just Ted Williams my junk right here in Cali. Get the damn thing over with. We'll save on travel. I won't come back in 2024 with some embarrassing story about how I lost my iPad or my phone on the flight. And just accept that if frozen penis is inevitable, why not just sit back and enjoy it? Inevitable. Thing is, like, I talked myself into it. I was all about it. I was all about it until I saw that story. And they all started to hit me up last night. Hey, Rome. Hey, Rome. Yeah, yeah, I know. I've seen it. The dude with the frozen junk. I know. I know. You're not telling me anything I don't already know. Ed, PC, true story. This dude. A frozen stick. Equally true story. I will come back from Wisco with a frozen stick. Will I be on the air? I don't know. I don't know. I'm telling you, once Janet gets things like that in her head, there's no talking her off it. We're going. She's not. I mean, even if the tickets were refundable, she's going. And if she's going and the kids are going, I'm going. But I would be the only one who comes back with a frozen appendage. Guarantee that. Tom in Charleston. What's going on, Tom? How are you? I'm doing good, Jim. Jim, I do a lot of running in the wintertime, and it doesn't get cold here very much, but when it does, we use a willy warmer. He's got to go on Google and search it. All right, dude. I think I won't be doing that. A willy warmer. I don't know. I don't know the product, but unless the willy warmer is an actual oven... I don't think it's going to work. Chris in Michigan City says he's got some advice for dealing with the elements. What's going on, Chris? How are you? Good, Jim. Thanks for the vine. Thank you, dude. Hey, man, you really should just sell the house, Jim, honestly. I mean, you dig the summer times up here, but, you know, those of us who live up here all year long, we dig every season. So, you know, I know you keep talking about the stick and it's going to get frozen, but in reality, Jim... It's a frozen turtle on an interstate in rush hour. You just got to put up with it, man. So sell the house, 
get you a condo down in cartel country and pray to God you don't get kidnapped. I'm out. Well, there's that. <laughs> there's that. <laughs> His advice for dealing with the cold is you're not built for it. Sell the house. Go to Mexico and pray that you don't get killed. Rob in Wisco. What's going on, Rob? How are you? Hey, good afternoon, Jim. Hey, and thanks for uh, letting me on the show. I've lived in northern states my entire life, and I've got some tips for you. Good. And just to, just to lend my credibility, the coldest air temp I have ever seen was 44 below zero. That particular day, it got up to a high of minus 27. My dog wasn't real happy. <clears throat> but here's some tips. If you drive a diesel, make sure you buy the right fuel, or your diesel will turn to jelly. And that's not a joke. I've actually seen gasoline turn to jelly. Um, as far as staying warm, well, first of all, it gets dark. Uh, Eagle River, December, you're probably looking at sundown at about 4.10 in the afternoon and about sunrise at about 8 in the morning. So you've got a long, long cold night. Um, wear lots of layers. A lot of guys that go to Lambeau for football games slip on some adult absorbent garments under their snowmobile suits. That way they don't have to take it out and risk freezing. It just stays in. And the diaper gives you an extra layer of protection. So those are some tips from an experienced northerner. My man, I appreciate it so much, Rob. Thank you. Good night now!